And welcome back to another episode of Too Much Podtar. And as I am your host, Alex Keeler, and this is our gonna be our second fantasy episode. Uh oh! Uh oh! That's gone! George Brett has just homered, and Billy Martin and the Yankees want the bat. Look at Martin. Well, what they're talking about, Frank, is that he's got too much tar and uh, you've got to have a certain amount of distance from the trademark of the bat and the tar. And Nettles is leaving the field as if the game is over. Bobby's just coming in. I'm not sure. Uh, they might have a legitimate uh, gripe. They might be going to call George Brett out. Well, the end is winning. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at, look at this. Brett is out. Find me on Twitter at TPE, TPE underscore Scorecrow AK. And today on the show, I have with me Johnny Black. And you can find him on Twitter at JBall0202. And Gio Damico. On, and he's on Twitter at Gio Damico15. G I O D A M I C O 15. And then also joined with us today is Mike Yakera from the Fantasy Gospel. And he can be found on Twitter at M Y A C H one underscore ninety one. So now that we're first through, through the first weekend of baseball, what what are a couple of things that happened this weekend that you know you guys think are going to go continue into the season? So let's start with Mike here. What do you what do you think on that? Yeah, uh, confirming on the hitter side, I have to say Peter Alonso, aka Pete. I uh, loved him going into the year, and I really thought he was being undervalued. So. I think he's going to be real uh, one of the, you know, competitors for the, you know, draft pick of the year. He's probably going to go outside the top fifteen rounds. So, and then uh, you Darvish on the pitching side. I never really liked him that much, and I thought that he was, uh, you know, people too. People liked him maybe too much, and we're trying to buy him. But I was really fading him everywhere, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. So, uh, Johnny, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, t- touching on what Mike said about you, Darvish, I thought it was really interesting yesterday. He went through 10 batters of the Texas lineup, and not one ball was put in play. I thought that was kind of crazy yesterday. He had, mm-hmm. uh, through the first 10 batters yesterday, he had seven walks and three, uh, six, six walks and four strikeouts. And I, I thought it was kind of crazy. But yeah. um, as, as far as, like, as far as what I was looking at, I'd have to agree with Peter Alonzo, but also too, one of the things that I saw, <clears throat> I was, I was high on Mitch Haniger, and he's done really well this year, and they're having him bat second in front of Car- uh, Carlos Santana, Domingo Santana, and the two of them have oh. been have been solid this year. I mean, Seattle's yeah. five and one, and they've been killing the ball. So I. I'm glad I got Hanniger. I didn't get Domingo Santana in any of my fantasy leagues, but I got Hanniger in a couple of them. So I'm pretty happy with what, they, what Seattle's been doing. Yeah, so there's some solid points from you, Johnny. Uh, let's go to you, Gio. Now, what do you what are your thoughts on on the on that? Yeah, um, Domingo Santana. He's on my bench for uh, Scorecrow League. Unfortunately, he's on the bench. So yeah, he was one of those guys that. I was kind of 
higher on than everyone else. And yeah, I agree with that one. I agree with Peter Alonso, but someone who's really shined through the first weekend so far that needs to shine this year is Yohan Moncada. Moncada's in 462 so far. He's got a home run. It's only 13 at bats. It's a small sample size, but everyone's got a small sample size right now. I expected him to come out hitting 200, 250 by this point. He's got, he's hitting for power. He's putting the ball in the gap. Uh, he's one of those guys who was a top prospect, hasn't come through yet, but he can be kind of one of those all-around players. And, yeah, he's looked pretty good so far. And one other guy that I'm looking at for the rest of the season is uh, as Drupal Cabrera for Texas. He's had a big role in the last couple of games. He's hitting 455 through 11 at-bats. He's been really solid. If he keeps getting looks in the starting lineup every night, then he's going to be another guy that you should definitely have in your starting lineup. Yeah, so some solid points there from you guys. Uh, moving on to the next Next topic, um, what are a couple things that, you know, surprised you at, from the weekend? Some players that, like, stood out and you didn't think were going to do good things. Uh, so, Johnny, uh, I'll start with you. Well, one guy that surprised me a little bit was um, Javi Baez. Mm-hmm. I was really not in on him this year, only because of his strikeout rate. I mean, for the past three years, from 2016 to 2018, he's at 74 walks and 419 strikeouts. So the guy basically swings at everything. It doesn't take a walk. The 290 batting average last year was, I, I thought, was an anomaly. But so far this year, he's 6 for 14 with two home runs and two stolen bases, five runs, six ribbies, and he's only struck out twice in 15 plate appearances. So he's surprising me a little bit. Yeah. I, I, you know, I wasn't, I had him last year and he, he did well for me. And this year, actually in one of my leagues, I could have kept him for a fifth rounder, fifth round price. I had a bunch of other guys. We can only keep five guys in that league. So I saw him as not returning as much value as the other guys. Like, for example, in that league, I had, I kept Bauer for a sixth rounder, Trevor Bauer. I kept Nimmo for a 12th. I kept Clevenger for a 15th. Like, I mean, I saw Mm. more value in those guys. Returning value ahead of what I was paying, whereas Baez was kept for a fifth. I was like, well, I'm kind of down on him this year. He might return a third-round value to me. So I had to weigh the options there. So it's not looking good for me now because I, I did get made fun of in that league for not keeping Baez. <laughs> and they were like, are you crazy? He's like a first-round town. I was like, well, I'm a little down on it. But, you know, and it, it's not looking good for me right now. But I, I just can't see. I, I don't know. He just swings at everything. And maybe he's one of those guys that can do it. I mean, he was so Vlad Guerrero Sr., you know, when he was in the league, he swung at everything. He also didn't strike out as much as Baez. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of swing and miss in Baez's game. And I think once a lot of pitches, ca- pitches catch up to him a little bit more, I, I think he's going to take a step back as far as the average goes. The power-speed combo is there. He's an excellent fielder. I'm not taking away from the guy. The guy's a great, the guy's a great player, no doubt. Right. I mean, he can play shortstop, second base. Like, he's, you know, he's great. But – I just see as far as fantasy goes, I see, you know, a 2020 guy with maybe 270, 260. And I'm sorry, that's not that's not first or second round value to me. So right. he's one right. of the surprises, though. 
Yeah, it's definitely been a surprise for me too. And then uh, Gio, what are your what's one of your surprises or a couple of your surprises? So one of my surprises, it might kind of sound weird to say it was a surprise, but I didn't expect Christian Yelich to come back as strong as he has. Agreed. Uh, yeah, 12 at-bats, 6 for 12, 4 home runs. That's just crazy. He's had, he's on an absolute tear to start the first weekend. You know, I wasn't I wasn't high on him going into the year. I thought last year was one of those things where it's like, it's not going to happen again this year. He'll, he'll hit over 300, but he won't touch 30 home runs. But I'm looking pretty stupid on that point right now. So I got some egg on my face yeah. from that if he keeps it up. <laughs> No, I think um, you might, you and me both, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that too. <laughs> yeah. And someone else too, who I also wasn't too sure on. I was a little higher on him than uh, I was on Yelich. But Paul Goldschmidt, uh, three home run night the other night for the Cardinals. He's settling in really nicely. He hit another home run today. Uh, so four home runs, four games for both of them. It's been a really solid start to both their years. And uh Someone who's kind of uh, been bad so far, a bad surprise for me, has been uh, Trevor Story throughout his first series in, um, against Miami. He's not playing in Colorado, so he's hitting 133 so far. He's not really uh, making good contact with the ball. Even Arenado's only hitting 222. It's just been a rough year for the Rockies in general. Rough series, excuse me, for the Rockies in general so far. So that's probably one of the worst surprises so far this weekend, but he'll pick it back up. Yeah, and with uh, Christian Yelich, he with his four fourth home run in the fourth straight game, four straight games, he tied an MLB record homering in four straight games, and he he joins Trevor Story, Chris Davis, Nelson Cruz, Mark McGuire, and Willie Mays. So that's pretty good uh, company to be in for him. And then uh, Mike, what is what are some of your surprises? Of uh, if you guys don't mind us going back to Javier Baez, um, just looking at his numbers here when Johnny was talking about him. I think you made a lot of good points that I agree with Johnny. And I think a lot of people who would be arguing for Baez, you know, sustained production, they'd be pointing to that Babbitt. That's almost identical to his career mark. Uh, but if you guys can look at his, you know, contact rates, there's a lot of disparity. So I kind of wonder what you guys think and, you know, your own takes on where, what direction you think he's headed in terms of, you know, being a sell high or maybe a buy low. Not a buy low, but someone you want to buy for sure. You're not worried about someone selling high on you. I think he's got he's got a chance to be solid. And like I said, like he's he's got 2020 talent. There's no doubt the power speed combo is there. But <clears throat> it's almost like Gio was saying with Johan Makata. Johan Makata seems like the same type of player that Baez is. He's just not hitting for the batting average. And the thing with Baez is can you sustain it? Now, granted, right. I give Baez a lot of credit because, like I said, with the 74 walks and 419 strikeouts, it's pretty bad over the past three years. But he's maintained. He had 273 two years in a row, and he had 290 last year. So he has maintained it somewhat. Mm. It's just – I don't know. I just question it. And the thing is, too, these guys are hitting their prime. I mean, we talk about Yelich is 26 years old. Baez is 26 years old. Domingo Santana is 26 years old. The thing I don't like about Santana, and this is this is a guy that, even though I mentioned it before with Hanniger, he's kind of a guy that I'm questionable on too. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Some of these guys, you wonder if they're going to continue to progress or they're going to fall off the cliff because their peripherals aren't as good. And I just think, I just think Baez is, is just – it, he is what he is. 
and he's just not going to, you know, he's just not going to get any better than he was last year. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but, you know, 25% line drive rate, that that to me holds up a batting average and, you know, the contact rates are much improved, but obviously you have to count for some regression, but... You know, you're seeing uh, some numbers that will also positively re- regress in his profile, too. Yeah, I've said the same thing as Johnny. He, uh, Javi Baez is who he is. He's not going to get any better than last year, but if he stays on the same level he played last year, then he's a top second baseman or shortstop, wherever he wants to play in the game. Uh, I think, yeah, he's got to uh, not be such a swinger at pitches outside the zone. Um but if he even touches where he was last year, which was 290, 34 home runs, if he hits 280 with 28 home runs, that's still a great season. So right. I don't think he's going to regress to the point where he's hitting like 260 with 20 home runs and striking out 200 times like in his career until he's way older. If he plays even a little bit like he did last year, then he could be an MVP candidate if he even gets his walk rate and his strikeout rate up and walk rate up, strikeout rate down. So. Yeah, I agree. There's an MVP ceiling as well. There's just an argument, I think, for both ways, and that's why I was kind of curious what all your opinions were. Well, it's funny, too, because I had – I mean, honestly, before September last year, I had Javi Baez basically as the MVP in the National League. Yeah. Because he carried the Cubs last year. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Rizzo was horrible for the first two months. Bryant was hurt. None, no one else on that team really hit. Baez carried that team to a 91 season uh, until Yelich just went ridiculous in September. Yeah, exactly. You know, and carried Milwaukee into the playoffs and to the seventh game of the – I mean, you know, they, they won the division of the best record in the National League. You know, until Yelich did that in September, I would have given Baez the MVP. I'm not taking away from the guy. Don't get me wrong. I, I have no problems with Baez. And I, like I said, I think he's still he's a top five second baseman, no doubt. Shortstop, whatever you know, wherever like Gio said, wherever he wants to play. But I, I, I don't know. I just see I see regress. If he can do it this year, then I'll eat my words. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, and everything. I just want to see that average maintain again, and the home run production, and have not have the league catch up to him again. I, I need one more year of that. Yeah. I mean, me. to me, That's here's me a ridiculous but... stat on him, and pitchers only throwing balls to him. I'll shut up about Baez after this. After, uh, you know, whatever three, four games it's been for him, he's only getting balls in the zone 19% of the time. And he's going off, you know, like he's playing out of his mind. So, yeah. I mean, if oh. they start, if they ha- they're going to have to pitch in the zone more than 20% of the time. And that's when I wonder, you know, could he be better than he was last year? Yeah. 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 One of the surprises for me too, if we if you don't mind me going back to it, but one of the surprises for me um for this season was uh is the Red Sox. Mm. That starting staff has been re- horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is you know, and the starting staff was one of one of the strong points of the team. I mean, everyone pointed at the bullpen of as being garbage and like, you know, they lost Kimbrel. You know, he hasn't signed anywhere. They lost Joe Kelly, went to the mm-hmm. Dodgers. But all four of their starters so far, Absolutely. with Sale, Erod, Eovaldi, and Porcello, they all have above a 10 ERA. And that's just unacceptable. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, the unacceptable. They've given up 34 runs in 33 innings pitched. Wow. In four yeah. games so that far. That just can't this year. Mm-hmm. That's a surprise to me. If you don't mind me interrupting you real quick, I'm just saying. Yeah, go ahead. To go along with the point that the Red Sox are putting up runs in these games. It's all their pitching that's cost them this first series. They're one and three right now. They lost three games to Seattle. And it's not because they weren't hitting. They scored eight runs today. They almost walked it off the last. They did walk it off, or not walk it off, but they came back in the ninth uh, in Seattle and won in the second game of the series. And they almost won it in the last two. But uh, they just couldn't. You know, get enough going in the bottom of the or top of the ninth, excuse me, because their pitching just cost them so many runs. Like they scored eight runs today. If you score eight runs, you should win the game. Yeah. Right. And like it's, they very easily could have been zero and four too, because obviously you said, oh yeah, they came back in the one game, so they they could have clearly won that. I mean, lost that game. So. I just like to uh, make a point here. The Red Sox, they're really good at coming back and winning games, but they can't rely on that like they did last season. They right. that, that happened to them yeah. so many times last season, and you know what? They got lucky in some of those games. They got things that went their way, and sometimes it was just from their pure skill. But they can't keep getting down early and hoping to come back late. If they do that, they're not going to have a good season, anywhere near as good as mm. last year. They need to – come out with their best hitting in the first innings, putting games away in the first five innings, and they need to pitch like they did last year because they can't yeah. give up eight runs and then hope to score six in the eighth and ninth inning to come back and win at every game. It's just not going to happen. Yes, yeah, especially with that right. bullpen. They can't trust the bullpen to hold the game either. So. Right. Right, yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll, get to, we'll get to more of the Red Sox in the uh, next episode. <laughs> yeah, you can talk about the Mariners too. The Mariners are definitely has been surprising too. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on to the next topic. Um, you know, obviously people tend to re- overreact to or early season stats, but if you were to trade for someone right now, would you, who would you buy low, like right now? So, Gio, start. I'll start with you with that one. Um. Honestly, I'd pull the trigger on Yohan Moncada right now. I think it's mm. his uh, – if, if he knows it. This is his year. This team is going to be good in a couple of years once they, their prospects stop getting injured and once they're ready. So he's got to prove himself soon. And he's done so, so far. He's got the best batting average on the team through four games, which I don't know. Mm. want a gold star. That's not saying much. But And if he's still doing that in 10, 15 games, if you can convince someone to uh, – I don't know. I think Yohan Moncada is a good place to go now. Um, mm. Yeah, I, he'd be my top guy. Yeah, I like that pick. It's a solid pick. I think he's going to be pretty solid this year, and he's gotten off to a great start. Um, so, Mike, what would what would you who would you buy low right on, low on right now? Uh, yeah, I love the Moncada pick as well. He's someone I have uh, in two of my five leagues. So. I wish I had more shares of him. That just tells you how much I feel. Uh, when it comes to buying low, I think uh, the numbers don't do justice to Jamison Tyone's first start. So when you're looking for a guy with some maybe some bad numbers and maybe a manager who doesn't look, you know, under the hood that often, you might be able to, uh, you know, buy low on Jamison Tyone. So he's someone I would recommend. But I also really like uh, Yasiel Puig as someone you can buy low. He started out this year so far real slow. I don't think he has a hit yet to his name. Hasn't been on base yet. Uh, he's only played one game as of this recording. That doesn't include today's action, but he's someone I think has 30 homer upside playing there in Cincinnati. And I think uh, at least, you know, 10 to 15 stolen bases and 
about a 270 batting average. So he'll be very sneaky and productive. All right, Johnny, who you got? Yeah, I'm still a believer in Nick Pavetta. I know he had a bad start um, against the, the Braves. Um, we're talking about playing against the division champs. The wind was blowing out in Philly, you know, so he put up four and two thirds, you know, gave up four runs, eight hits. I, I still, I'm still a big believer in Pavetta. And I think he's going to settle in with his stuff. Um, he, he, he was horrible last year as far as his ERA. He had a 4.77 ERA, but his fifth last year was 3.42. So I still, I, I'm still a big believer in his stuff, especially his curveball. He's got one of the best curveballs in baseball, and I think if he uses, gets a little smarter about his sequencing and uses his off-speed yes. stuff a little more, uh-huh. I think it'll it'll definitely be beneficial to him. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy, one more guy that I would buy low on right now, and that you might be able to get. I know it's a big name player, but Chris Sale. A lot of people are down on him after his first start. He got blown up three home runs in three innings. He gave up seven runs. His velocity was down, and, you know, everyone's looking at that, and they're saying, oh, this guy is like he's done. He's hurt, blah, blah, blah. Look, he he didn't start the season. He didn't start spring training with the wrestlers and pitchers and catchers. He started the season. His first spring training start was on March 15th. So he started basically a month later. Than the when the pitches catch and catches reported, so he's a little behind. He's going to get his stuff up. Believe me, I don't understand how he throws that hard. The dude looks like a rubber band. I mean, he's <laughs> like, I mean, he's six he foot three, but he's like, yeah, he's like six <laughs> foot three, but he's like one hundred fifty pounds, soaking wet with rocks in his pockets. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't. Is he really that tall? Wow, yeah. I was, I, yeah, uh-huh. I, I don't understand how the guy throws like that like it throws 100 miles an hour you know maybe it's catching up to him but honestly if you could if you could grab someone in your league that's got sale and they're like well his velocity's down i'm gonna sell him now mm. you might be able to get a decent deal on him and i take a chance on him because look even last year when he was banged up at the end of the year you're gonna live with the innings limits and blah 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 but <laughs> the dude still puts up numbers the dude's still gonna he he could throw 150 innings and still strike out 200 and give you a sub three ERA, and in the American League, you're all set with that. It's all good. I mean, he's you know he's finished in the top five in Cy Young voting the past six years in a row. Yeah, that's good. I yeah. mean, he's you know he's he's the American League version of Kurt, Clayton Kershaw, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, skinny. You know, throws hard, but you know Kershaw used more of his curveball. But I mean. If Sale gets this slider down in the command, like I said, he started a month later. Command of the slider was a problem the other day when he pitched. So if he gets command of the slider back, give him another start or two, gets, ramps that velocity up, he'll be fine. So I, I, I definitely think if you, can, if you can get someone in your league that has Sale and they're willing to give up on him right now just be, because they think he's either hurt or he's on a downturn of his career at 30. He just turned 30 this past Saturday. So, I mean, if you, you can do that, I'd pull the trigger. I actually, I have one more that I forgot to mention, if that's all right. Um, I was, 
was why I was watching the uh, Padres this weekend, and Joey Lucchese is someone I think is going to have a really good year for the Padres. He's kind of like their ace this year. I mean, he didn't start the first game, but he had a really good start. He didn't give up a run. He struck out seven guys, three hits, two walks. So uh, last year he was kind of their ace. He was their best pitcher. He was 8-9 and nine with a 408 ERA, which is a rookie. That was pretty solid, especially for San Diego, who had a horrible pitching staff. He gave up uh, quite a few home runs last year. He gave up 23 home runs, which is, you know, not ideal. Hoping that he gets that down this year. But Joey Lucchese is definitely uh, the most consistent pitcher in that rotation, I'd say, right now. I had Chris Paddock just made his first start uh, on Sunday. It was a good start. But I think uh, Joey Lucchese is someone that you could probably convince someone who, if he's if someone even has him, uh, you could convince them to give him to you for little to nothing, especially if they don't even really know who he is and they're just in the league because they don't, I don't know, they don't know who he is because he's not that well-known. But Lucchese's definitely someone who could have a breakout year this year. Well, they should know who he is. You wrote about him, Gio. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, dude, I played, I played Lucchese in DFS the other day, and he was, he was solid for me. So I'm, I'm all good with Lucchese. And I love Paddock. Yeah, I was about to say. Chris yeah, Paddock, yeah. man. That kid's that kid's just a triple A last year, 120 strikeouts and eight walks. I mean, how do you, how do you even mm-hmm. even with regression going to the majors? I mean, that's just ridiculous. They got yeah. they got they got some talent coming, man. The Padres, oh, yeah. they yeah. really do. Oh yeah, they're Definitely. gonna be crazy. They're gonna be really good in the next couple of years. Like, they're I I think I I kind of haven't picked for maybe either 2021 or 2022 uh, champions. Like with that, all oh, that, yeah, they, all the prospects they have, it's just crazy. If everything goes right for them with injury wise, then yeah, they should be set for that. Yeah, because they'll have Mackenzie Gore coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. He's supposed to be better than all of them. I don't understand why yeah. Urias isn't with the team right now. Oh, yeah. It's like, it makes no sense that Tatis is, was called up, but then he was, he's not on the team. Like, yeah, Urias is a good uh, hitter. He reminds me of kind of like a DJ LeMayhew where he just, Hits for contact, gets good singles. He's got more speed than LeMayhew, and he's a good fielder like LeMayhew is. So it's kind of like a left-handed version of him. I think that he should be up right now. He's one of yeah. the best prospects. Yeah, definitely. Well, it'll be interesting to see what San Diego does, too. We'll talk about this in the MLB portion yeah. of this. But, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, so um, we, we talked about uh, buying low on, on players right now. So who's somebody – that you would uh, sell high, you would sell high on. Uh, first up, Mike. How about you? I'm gonna have to go. Uh, regrettably, with Will Myers. You know, I love him. Mm-hmm. I think he has 30-20 upside, but I just can't bank on the health to get there. So uh, he's playing real well right now, and I think while he's healthy, he's someone you can sell pretty high. All right, Johnny. Who you got for that? Um, sell high is gonna sound a little weird. Mm. But I'm going to say Domingo Santana. Um, I even though I talked about him with Hanniger before with Seattle. Um, the thing with Santana is, granted, he's 26 years old. He's two years removed from the 30-15 season. But aside from the 30-15 season he put up, the rest of his career, he had 721 plate appearances and put up 24 home runs and seven stolen bases. So what is this guy? If he gets regular playing time, is he going to be a 30 home run guy, 15 stolen base guy, or is he what he is, what he was the rest of the time in his career? 
So, I mean, uh, you know, yes, I did talk about him, he and Hanniger this year. They've been great for Seattle, and they're part of the reason they're 5-1, and one, and he's got three home runs, two stolen bases in four games, and I mean in six games, and everything. But I just don't see – Santana couldn't stick in the lineup in Milwaukee in a hitter's park. And I just don't see him with not much of a lineup around him. I I, I just don't see him. Tell that to I, I just I just don't see him doing anything. Like I mean, I see him being decent, and he may return value. I mean, if you got Domingo Santana in like the twentieth round of your draft, yeah, he could return decent value as your fourth, fifth outfielder. I get that, but. As far as people looking at him being like, oh, he's going to get back to like 30, you know, he's a 30-20 guy, 20-20 guy, whatever. I just don't see it. I think it I think it falls off. He's another one that strikes out a lot. Granted, he takes his walks. But like I said, 721 plate appearances, 24 home runs, seven steals. That's yeah, – it doesn't really impress me. Hmm. So I think he's – I think he's someone that's been hot the first like weekend. Yeah. But just – I, I just don't keep, I, I don't think he maintains it. Yeah, if I can just chime in real quick, uh, I have Santana a couple places, so I I do love him. I'm happy with it, what he's done early on. But last year in 140 games, he only stole three bases. So even though only two years ago he did get the 30-15 plateau, I I don't see him stealing more than 10 bases, quite honestly. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Gio, who is somebody that you would sell high on? I'm gonna. This is like Johnny. It might sound weird, sell high, because a lot of people might not even think about selling him. But I'm gonna go with another Mariner, Tim Beckham. Uh, Tim Beckham's been hyped up over the first, you know, series in Japan, and then this first series because he's hit three home runs. He's hitting 474 right now uh, through those games. You know, he's had, he's never showed this kind of power before in his career. Granted, in 2017, he did it 22 home runs, but every other year it was under 15. Uh, even with, well, it was with a uh, re- kind of insignificant playing time. He didn't get a lot of playing time, so this year he'll get more playing time, but I don't see him really eclipsing 20 home runs. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but he's not someone who's going to steal you a lot of bases. He does tend to strike out a lot as well. Um, I don't know. He's just someone who's seems like in a, uh, one of those first-week anomalies, one of those guys who shows out, but he's going to end up falling off as the season goes on. I mean, last year he had 230 with 12 home runs. Granted, it was in 96 games, but 230, that's it's not good. Um, he'll stick in this lineup because, like Johnny said, Seattle doesn't really have a ton of guys, like notable guys in their lineup, even though they just went out and won a series against the Red Sox. Uh, he'll stick in the lineup, but I don't see him hitting 280 with 25 home runs or anything like that. So if you're going to sell him, sell him now. I actually might make a counter argument against that. I agree that uh, you know he's not going to sustain this level of production, but something very interesting to me with Tim Beckham is for the first time in his entire career, he's chasing the ball at less than twenty five percent. So uh, you know you partner that with he's taking swings at less than forty percent of pitches for the first time in his career. It looks like maybe he's kind of taking more of a patient approach. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, you would combine that with a career best so far fly ball rate above 40%. Before that, it was about 37% was his previous career high. You know, it looks like maybe he's making more of an effort to lift the ball and 
you know, with a more patient approach, he, he maybe he's not sacrificing as much batting average as, as normal. So I don't obviously think that the 474 will continue, but, you know, maybe like a 270 isn't something that's out of the question. Yeah, that's true. I just thought, yeah, I don't see him sustaining the home run, the power totals that he's had this week, uh, this first week and a half with uh, extra base hits and all that. Like He could be someone who hits 270. I don't know. I don't see 25 home runs. I just see him being an average shortstop. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of regression working against him, so I, I can't argue yeah. against that too hard. All right, so you guys have anything else to add to, that you, you've seen this week for fantasy or you want to just wrap it up here? No, I'm good. I mean, we could wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, it was... yeah. All right, so that'll wrap it up for the Too Much Pod Tower show from the Score Crow, the fantasy portion of the show. And you can follow us on Twitter at pod underscore tar and check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Also follow us at the Score Crow, and you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Score Crow. And so, thank you for our guests, Johnny at Gball zero two zero two and Geo at Geo Damico fifteen from the Score Crow, and Mike Yar. Uh, sorry if I butchered your name, Mike. Uh, Mike Yakura. Yeah, I'm used to it. Don't worry. From the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. And uh, Mike, you want to tell everybody where you can find you, and that, and also find the fantasy gospel. Yeah, definitely. Thank you uh, for having me so much. I appreciate you guys reaching out and inviting me. So just want to make sure you guys uh, know that I'm grateful. Uh, mm-hmm. You can reach out to us at the gospel at uh, fantasy underscore gospel. That's at fantasy underscore gospel. And I am myself at M-Y-A-C-H-1 underscore 91. All right. So until next week, everyone, uh, and just a reminder, you can never have too much pod tar. Thank <laughs> you.